AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Charleston Orwig. Forty percent of edible food in this country is being lost or tossed. Yet one in six people are going hungry. Food waste is a big problem. At its fourth annual Thought Leadership event, Charleston Orwig got people talking. And we'd like you to join the conversation at charlestonorwig.com forward slash CO event. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. Joanne Emerson, the uh, CEO of the National Rural Electric Cooperatives Association, welcome to AgriPulse Open Mic. Hey, thanks. It's good to be with you. In uh, taking this job, how do you relate to the boards and the members of these rural electric cooperatives? Well, I feel pretty blessed because I represented Canada, a very rural district in, in Missouri and had nine co-ops representing most or all different pieces of, of that congressional district. So, you know, for the 17-plus years I spent in Congress, um, my my among my favorite people were always the boards of directors and members of co-ops who came to visit me and keeping in mind too that you know short of where i lived in a couple of municipal electricity systems we had all co-ops and so i was uh it, it's just like being in congress but in congress nationally if you know what i mean and i love these folks and and i love them because not only do they care about their co-op, but they really do care about their communities, um, and and they spend so much time involved in those communities, whether it's through the Rotary Club, Lions Clubs, chamber, local chambers, uh, doing business incubators, uh, finding other opportunities for job creation and economic development, and and what's terrific about it is, you know, the way we used to do it in Missouri and the way we still do it in Missouri is somewhat similar to what you might see out in in Oregon, for example. But, you know, because we have different regions that have different peculiarities, uh, everything is a little different. But at the end of the day, people are very committed to the co-ops and to their members and really care about the lives and livelihoods of all of the folks they serve. And so that's throughout the entire system. And I feel pretty darn blessed to be able to work with people like that. Is there support in Congress to continue to assist rural electric cooperatives to provide electricity and other services to those who live in the rural areas? Oh, well, I absolutely, I absolutely think so. I, I certainly know that all of the former colleagues that I know who represent districts where there are co-ops uh, are very involved with them, and they spend a lot of time visiting their different co-op annual meetings and and that sort of thing, Uh, and they feel very strongly that it's important to to listen to their constituents. And certainly, you know, if you have a district full of um, co-op members, you're going to sure listen to them, and and that's really good. And and what I love is that we not only have our – co-op members who come to Washington during our legislative fly, and some actually come three or four times a year, but they actually hold events and or invite members of Congress to visit the co-ops back home, which is where I think, which I think is so very important because 
then you get to meet all of the employees and and really see how uh, they run, which is, you know, which you know, you usually are. We don't have too many folks who have either worked in co-ops or been CEOs of them, been on the boards of directors. Not too many who are in Congress today, but they listen to to their co-op members. Uh, at all times, and that's really important for us at the national level because when you want to talk to a member about a specific issue, I always think it's best to have the folks from back home do the talking um, because they're the ones who are impacted by the policies that, that Congress is making. Joanne Emerson, what are the biggest challenges that face your generating and transmission cooperatives? And I'm wondering if clean and renewable energy is playing a larger role in their supply? Well, you know, I, I, I have to say that, uh, and, and I hate to brag about it, but our co-ops, I think, are really leading the way nationally on issues of renewables, efficiency, uh, and and a lot of that is coming from our members themselves, and, and so we're working very, very hard and it just depends on where you are in the country. For example, in Missouri, you know, we, we actually just have the ability to do a little bit of wind up in northwest Missouri. But our G&T, Associated Electric, is grabbing wind energy from Oklahoma and, and other states uh, that obviously feeds us in Missouri as well. And we have community solar farms um, all over the country. I was dry, flying back yesterday from from Oregon, where we had a regional meeting, and we we actually flew over several wind farms um, out in in the in the rural parts of Oregon. And so, I really like the fact that so much of this uh, move toward renewables and more energy efficiency is, is really coming from the members, the grassroots, and and that's very special. But it's real important, and we're trying best to, to have a very varied and mixed uh, fuel source for um, for power, um, and, and it's working. It's really doing well. Right now, we seem to have more storms than in recent years. Potentially, you could link that to climate change, but I'm wondering about how that the electric cooperatives, who are so vulnerable to this, are trying to deal with climate change or at least major storm damage. Well, you know, I have to say, um, I think it's co-op principle number six that co-ops help co-ops, and and we just had, uh, you know, everyone knows the the big storm and the early blizzard that uh, hit the Dakotas. And, you know, I feel very thankful that every, uh, nearly all survived, but restoring power to those areas um, in the midst of such a significant snow way, um, you know, way earlier than, than usual, it was a challenge. But because we have other co-ops who are always helping each other, um, you know, they come to the rescue. And, and even during um, the Hurricane Sandy in the Northeast, we had co-ops coming up all the way from, from Arkansas, from Alabama, uh, all volunteering their assistance, even though they were doing dealing with, you know, an, an, an IOU. But it didn't matter. Um, you know, when you're having, when you face a challenge, everybody pulls together. And so we work really well with our IOU partners, our municipal partners, and it's it, it's a two-way street. And, and so 
not only are our co-ops working very hard to make sure in advance of any kind of potential weather-related storms that, that their systems are uh, in good shape, um, particularly because everything is so much more computerized and sophisticated now that, that they really are able to to find any kind of weakness uh, in the system uh, very easily. But when you're hit with a storm that you don't expect, I mean, as I said, that does pose challenges, but, but we're up to the task. And certainly in the, in the storms we've had in Missouri with the tornadoes or with the ice storms, uh, other co-ops around the country uh, have, have come to, to help us get through that. And so I feel that, you know, we, we're, everything that you can possibly do to minimize damage or long-term damage to minimize um, no power, uh, we, we do. And, and I think our cops do a really good job of it. I'd like to uh, finish up. Are the rural electric cooperatives uh, in conflict with the Obama administration on energy efficiency goals or any mandates coming out of Washington, D.C.? Well, I will say that with regard to energy efficiency in the uh, Obama administration, that quite frankly we are leading the industry um, on energy efficiency and have been doing and have been working on this for years. Um, so we have um, – there's no conflict um, with with the Obama administration with regard to those issues. As a matter of fact, the Department of Energy uh, has given us some grants to help uh, some of the national labs and universities work on making even more efficient opportunities available in the near future. Uh, on mandates, well, you know, I think it, it, you can look at co-ops, you can look at IOUs, you can look at small businesses, you can look at anybody uh, in the country, any kind of business. And when the government tries to impose a mandate, particularly when you're doing things voluntarily, with which is, you know, in, with regard to climate change specifically, you know, with what we're doing with adding uh, renewables uh, and, and even more efficiency measures to our um, each of our co-ops, it if we're doing it voluntarily and we're leading the industry, it seems a little bit short-sighted, in my opinion, uh, that you have an, a mandate slapped down, imposed on you, particularly when the folks who are often doing these don't really understand the industry and or the ramifications. Because at the end of the day, we still represent um, we represent people who are not necessarily capable of of paying huge, expensive energy bills like Germany, for example. Uh, and so we're very cognizant and very concerned when some new rule comes down the road that would ca cause us to have to increase uh, energy bills to the tune of, you know, double uh, what, what somebody's paying now. When you're living on a fixed income, uh, we have a lot of senior citizens who are retired in rural America, as I know you know. Um, it's really hard to to have to pass along those costs. And, and we in, in, at the co-ops, you know, we're all not-for-profit, and our members who are our customers actually own that co-op, and so you keep costs down, and, you know, it's pretty hard to ask somebody who's Social Security check might be going up about a third of a percent to pay an energy bill that's double what they would have paid last year. So um, mandates, not a big fan of them, especially when we're doing things voluntarily 
and being, you know, way ahead of uh, way ahead of the industry on that front. Joanne Emerson, thank you very much for being our guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. Thanks so much. AgriPulse Open Mic has been brought to you by Charleston Orwig. Visit their thought leadership event at charlestonorwig.com forward slash co event. I'm Ken Root.